0: Welcome to China in Context, I'm Duncan Bartlett. For a significant period of time following the end of World War II, America was the only country which thought of itself as the global policeman. The United States still plays a crucial role in international affairs, but China now seems determined to increase its influence at the expense of American power. Xi Jinping routinely insists that time and momentum are on the Chinese side. Key elements of Xi Jinping's vision are contained in what is known as the Global Security Initiative. Diplomats are urged to promote this document at high-level international meetings, and it's designed to provide a framework for China's international agenda. So does it contain a strategy to ensure a more peaceful and more secure world, as China claims? Or is it an attempt to demolish the foundations of the multilateral institutions which are beholden to Washington? I'm very pleased to welcome back to the podcast a guest who's ideally placed to help us grapple with such questions. Professor Steve Sang is the director of the SOAS China Institute, which makes this podcast. Steve, thanks for accepting our challenge to take on this important and very relevant topic. Hello, Duncan. Delighted to be back. May I start by offering my own interpretation of one of the principal points of this global security initiative? I believe it's built on the premise that China, as the world's rising power, must assume a more global role and therefore lead the international community in meeting certain challenges. As China takes on this responsibility, it will, to use a phrase from Xi Jinping, bring about the great rejuvenation of the Chinese nation. So that strikes me as being a philosophical concept inspired by Xi Jinping thought rather than a military or a political plan. That's the way I see it anyway. I'd like to hear your perspective, please,
1: Steve. I think you are absolutely right to say that it is inspired by what is called Xi Jinping thought. It is, in a sense, also correct to say that China wants to play a much bigger role in global affairs. Now, where I will depart from that is the implications that China intends to do so within the existing framework, the so-called liberal international order, dominated by the West, and in particular, the United States. When we look at the Global uh, Security Initiative, we will need to look at it in terms of, up to this point, a suite of three global initiatives that Xi Jinping has put forward. So you have your Global Security Initiative, you have your Global development initiative, as well as the global civilization initiative. And all these are meant to deliver what Xi Jinping says, the common destiny of humankind. So if you put them all together, then the picture becomes rather clearer of what he intends to do. What he intends to do is to build up an alternative world order that will replace the existing liberal international order and it will be one that will be built on the basis of the support of the global south and will therefore be presented as a more democratic order than the liberal international order dominated by the rich capitalist western countries that call themselves democracies Well, I think it's fascinating that what you're saying
0: is that these three so-called initiatives can be viewed together because they reveal a pattern. So tell us more about how you see the Global Security Initiative aligning with those other big projects that you mentioned. Well,
1: the three initiatives, one deals with the development side, which is essentially about engaging with the global south to make them support Other members of the Global South, of which the leader is meant to be China. Now, India may disagree with that, but from Beijing's perspective, there's no question which country should be the leader. The Global Security Initiative is to underline the importance of how the security of the others, not just the security of the Western capitalist countries, should be protected. And again, it is very much aligned to China's efforts to uh, cultivate support amongst the so-called global South countries. And that would also explain why Xi Jinping placed so much importance for him to attend personally the BRICS summit in order to expand its membership, but would not bother to go to G20. As to the Global Civilization Initiative, it is about getting different countries to see that engaging with each other in terms of a kind of, if you you like, civilizational or cultural dialogue will enhance everybody. The official story is to say that it is about equality and respect for every culture and civilization. But if you know, as China under Xi Jinping clearly feels that it knows which civilization in the world is the most advanced, superior, and best of all, and that's, of course, the Chinese one, then in such a dialogue of civilizations, the others will then learn to respect, admire, and follow the best in the world, then you therefore will have a leadership emerging from the global south that should deserve to lead the world and create a better order. And if everybody does that, why would there not be peace and harmony and good, positive uh, development for all?
0: I find it fascinating, actually, Steve, when you break down some of these phrases that you find in the Chinese official communication. Let me give you another one, which is connected with the Global Civilization Initiative, it calls for better relations between countries based on a dialogue of cultures. Now, look, that sounds like a very respectful and friendly way to interact. Surely our university wants to have a dialogue of cultures. But what do you think China means when it talks about a dialogue of cultures? How should we interpret that phrase?
1: Allow me to uh, digress slightly by Moving back more than a century back when the British Empire, which dominated trade in China, advocated effectively uh, open trade with China so that no countries established special areas of influence in China. It would sound very much like the British Empire was defending China's, the Qing Empire's integrity. Now, the reality was exactly the opposite. The British Empire advocated uh, an open policy to China because it has the lion's share of the trade. Now, you put it in the same uh, situation. If you believe, as Xi Jinping believes, China's culture and civilization and history is the most magnificent in the world in in world history, really, then a dialogue of the civilization can only reveal the superiority of the Chinese culture, and therefore everybody will learn to respect it. And that is the dialogue that from your, in quotation marks, equal uh, interactions will result in the respectful, Election of the superior as the leader. Why would Xi Jinping not like that? Let me
0: add another theme that comes through in this uh, interpretation of world history and indeed the world's destiny that comes from China. And that is a very disparaging view of the foreign intervention that has been conducted by the United States over recent decades. So the message from Beijing is that Libya, Syria, and Somalia, uh, not only did US intervention fail miserably in those countries, it's actually worsened the global security situation. So from a Chinese perspective, the determination of the United States and indeed NATO to arm Ukraine, which is what we're seeing a lot at the moment, that's prolonging the conflict there too, because actually there should be a peace plan now bringing the Russians and the Ukrainians to end the fighting?
1: Well, I think that is a very good summary of how the Chinese government under Xi Jinping sees the uh, picture. And to be fair, it is not a totally unreasonable picture in terms of these um, failures that you have identified, whether we're talking about Libya, Syria, and elsewhere. As to the Ukraine situation, I think it gets a bit rather more complex because if the Chinese government under Xi Jinping meant what they say, then the Chinese government could have done a lot more. There's only one world leader today which could have intervened into the Ukraine war at the early stage say in March or even April twenty twenty-two, when the Russian invasion got bogged down in Ukraine. The only leader who could have done a shuttle diplomacy, fill his special jet to Moscow and talked to Putin personally, and then tell Putin that he is going to fly on in his same plane to Kiev and talk to Zelensky and then fly back to moscow to talk to putin until an agreement can be reached xi jinping could, could have done that he's the only one who could have done that biden couldn't have done that Macron couldn't have done that where was xi jinping look i want to mention something else which
0: concerns me steve because you know when it comes to this global security initiative i don't think this is just about china's foreign policy i believe that it's actually linked to internal security within China. And the reason I say that is because in in researching this, I found an article in the Chinese media which encouraged readers to admire China's success in handling internal security issues, especially, it said, counter-terrorism activities in Xinjiang. So what does that tell us? about the connection between China's international role as part of this global security initiative and its own approach to
1: internal security and governance? That's a very, very good question. China is a Leninist Party state where the Communist Party of China leads everything in China. Xi Jinping said that himself openly at the 19th Party Congress in 2017. And when he and the Chinese Communist Party leaders talk about national security, they really were talking about state security of which the single most important was political security or regime security. And therefore, the success of the Communist Party and or the Chinese state in crushing any threats against Chinese state security including what they would call as terrorist activities in Xinjiang by the Muslim Uyghur population, uh, would be seen as a tremendous demonstration of the success of the Chinese security model. And therefore, this is something that can be used as an inspiration for others. Now, what we have to be very careful is that the Communist Party under Xi Jinping does not seek to export the China model. They simply try to export Chinese wisdoms and Chinese ways of doing things. It is for others to draw lessons from them and learn from them. And the reason why they don't export the Chinese model is that they believe the Chinese model is successful because of the existence of the great communist party of China under the unbelievably wise leadership of Xi Jinping. Thank you, Steve. That
0: was Professor Steve Sang, director of the SOAS China Institute, which makes this podcast. You can find out more about our courses and research on our website, soas.ac.uk. But for now, that's all from us here on the China in Context podcast team.